This is an emergency broadcast from the Dirt to Dollars <laughs> broadcast system for 2021 fall Army Worm resurgence. Joined with us right now, we have Dr. Chris Toich. He is our extension forage specialist, and he's kind of kind of take on a little bit other topics today. Uh, we're glad you're with us, Dr. Toich. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. We talked a little earlier about how I think the guys kind of are eating their words a little bit and talking about this fall army worm, but we do have lots of questions and we have received a lot of questions in the last few days about what kind of to expect and kind of how to go about this because we are seeing them in forage crops. Yep. So um, just talked to our entomologist here at the research station in Princeton. And interestingly enough, we're seeing them more in forage crops than we are in the actual soybean crops. And, um, you know, as far as what to expect, I think they're going to be with us until first frost. And that means they're going to go through another life cycle. It takes about 30 days for them to, to go through a life cycle. So, um, so we expect to see them again. Yeah, and our typical frost date is like mid-October. So that's more than 30 days from now. That's yeah. like 45 or so. So we're probably going to see another, another batch of these. And I think that's what I'm, I'm a little worried about. Right. We're going to have to stay on top of them to um, to make sure that we've got some fall grazing. They can really decimate a field in just a few days if we if we don't uh, scout and control them as soon as we see them. So, Dr. Toich, what are some of the thresholds if people are out scouting fields? If they odds are by now, they've probably seen them. If they happen to have a field or scouting some regrowth or when we go on this next hatch, what are some thresholds that we're looking at that we need to look at starting to control them? So our, our entomologists have established the thresholds for pastures and hay fields to be two to three larvae per square foot. Now, naturally, you don't want to just look at one place in a pasture or hay field, but, you know, survey a, a bunch of different spots and kind of get an average for that field. And if you're finding two to three um, army worms, per square foot, then we need to go ahead and apply an insecticide. And I know one thing that I've ran into with some farms that I've been on over the last few days, uh, trying to, because they're generally going to start in one location and then move out, uh, trying to identify where those locations are. It seems like low places or like around a grown-up hole in the middle of the field or tree lines. I know I was on one farm where you could tell they had started from a waterway and worked their way out. Uh, is that a pretty good rule of thumb to try and, and find a more overgrown place for them to, will they maybe start there or what's the rhyme or reason there? <laughs> I, I wish I had a better answer for you. I'm not, not a hundred percent sure. You know, I looked at uh, one of our alfalfa fields on the research station and, um, and they started at several places in that field, and I just can't figure out exactly why they started in those areas, but it wasn't like they started in one location and kind of fanned out over the field. It's several different places where they got started at, and they kind of worked their way out from those locations. I would say you probably just need to scout the field to make sure that you're you're getting a good feel for whether they're there or not. Um, and because defoliation can happen so rapidly, it's, it's not like you're going to um, scout it and then wait three or four days for a rain to pass before you spray it. I mean, you if you have two to three larvae, you really need to spray it before they uh, do significant damage to that field. 
I've seen some, some farmers. And that was actually the question I got was, can I wait till after the rain? And, you know, that's, if you've got them go ahead and go, but they're doing it overnight. Like I I talked to one producer and that evening, they checked their field and the next morning, three quarters of the field was decimated. And it's just how quickly that happens. It's almost unfathomable to some of these people and they're, you know, they just can't get over the fact that it's happened so quick. Yeah. I know I had a, had a conversation with a farmer after church yesterday, actually, that I just figured out Mm -hmm. Sunday morning that he had, uh, that he had some in his alfalfa and was kind of scrambling. He didn't have any insecticide on hand, uh, with rain moving in supposedly Monday and, uh, kind of scrambling, trying to figure out where he could find any insecticide. But, uh, so that may be a a good idea going forward too, if you've got that option and you're going to apply it yourself to go on and, and get the product on hand. So you have it. Yeah. I I think there may be a, um, a shortage of insecticide Mm -hmm. as we move forward. So it's, it's probably going to be pretty, pretty important if, um, we're going to go through one more cycle of fall army worms before it gets cold, um, that, that we go ahead and get some product if well it's still available. Talking about pesticides, but maybe pesticides isn't an option or is we hear that cutting could be, you know, somewhat of a, of a help. Is that, is there any, what, what what's there to that? Is that, is that showing that it's really helping much or is it just kind of delaying the inevitable? <laughs> <laughs> you know, our, our initial thought with cutting and, and we still, still would recommend cutting if you're close. Right. Um, to the harvest stage, then cutting and uh, getting that hay cure down and into a bale will will be effective. And initially, our thoughts were as soon as we cut that forage, we're going to modify that microclimate within the forage and, and the worms would move to another field that had uh, forage that was more conducive uh, to their life cycle. But we haven't seen that happen exactly. Um, we, we've cut stands and cured the hay down and they're still living army worms in that field and what that tells me is that we're going to have to be really careful with the regrowth in those fields so if we use cutting as a management strategy we have got to watch that regrowth really close if there's still army worms in that field we may have to go back in and control the army worms in that regrowth um, so that we'll get uh, more forage produced and this is an important time of the year mm-hmm. for alfalfa, right? Because we're getting into to late fall and we want it to go into winter with a full carbohydrates in the root system of the plant. And that can occur if that regrowth gets raised off again. So very important there that I know I'm going to eventually get the question on alfalfa. Hey, we're getting late enough. I'm not going to cut past September 15th anyway. Do I need to worry about spraying if they come back in on a second generator or on another hatch or uh, on my regrowth, but really we do, or it's going to be just like you went in and cut it and depleted those reserves. Right. That's exactly right. So, so you're going to be, you, you won't notice the damage now, or you may notice some damage, but really the, the damage is going to be next spring because the carbohydrate reserves on those alfalfa plants are going to be real low going into winter. And that's going to hurt. It could hurt persistence in the field, and then it'll hurt uh, first harvest next year. Well, I was going to say, I guess that brings me to my next question, too. We talked about a little bit with not only 
alfalfa, but some of our cool season grasses now would be the time that we're maybe getting ready to stockpile and get ready for fall and winter. You know, what, what would you suggest to those producers that might be thinking about doing that? So, so really we're, we're kind of in the perfect situation for stockpiling. We're going to have two to four inches of rain in the next several days from um, Hurricane Ida. And uh, while that's terrible for them on the coast, you know, these, these late summer hurricanes are often a godsend for, um, for stockpiling tall fescue for winter grazing. Now, one thing to remember is when we start to grow stockpile, I mean, it's going to come back and it's going to be vegetative and lush and, and high in sugars. And that's going to be ideal fodder for, for army worms. So if we're going to stockpile, we've got to watch those stands really close. And then we may have to spray them for army worms if um, we get an infestation of two to three larvae per square foot. Um, should that stop us from stockpiling? I'd say no, but I, I say we're going to have to have a little bit different of a management strategy for this fall army worms in that in that uh, fall stockpile if if we want that for winter grazing. And probably a similar uh, mindset if we're thinking about doing a new seeding of grass too. Just kind of you know if we if we need to do stand if we need to seed it we need to seed but we just really need to keep an eye on it as we get into the this possible next hatch that we'd have yeah there's no question that new seedings will be extremely susceptible to army worm damage if you think about that stand so you you plant that seedling it comes up the plant the seed that seedling comes up it's extremely lush that's going to be real good fodder for army worms but the problem with those stands is that it hasn't developed that full root system yet. You know, for a new stand of perennial grass to really become established, I mean, we're looking at it 18 months, you know, to get that full root system down. And until we get to that point, that plant is really susceptible to defoliation, not just by army worms, but by animals too. So we have to manage that initial defoliation. So it's going to be really important in those new stands that we, um, that we control those army worms. And, and that begs the question, Ray, uh, Dr. Henning and Ray Smith and I were talking about it this morning of whether we need to do a preemptive spray in those stands. And the answer is probably no. We, we probably should scout those stands very closely, maybe more intensively than we would an established stand. And then if we do start to see damage and we have those larva numbers, um, we should go ahead and spray those. But if we don't watch close, we're going to just show up and look out the window of our truck and there'll be nothing there. <laughs> and I, I think especially some of the first cases that were found in this area, that's base, That's what happened on even some established stands is uh, hadn't been by yeah. it in a week or two and show up and it's gone. But, well, it's a lot of people at the state fair. <laughs> And they come mm -hmm. back from being at the state fair for a day or two. And it's like, whoa, where'd this come from? Yeah, I know it's two or three. <laughs> kind of interesting. The, uh, you know, we first started to see uh, or, or hear reports of all army worm in far western Kentucky, you know, in the purchase area about 10 mm -hmm. days before you all really started to see them in, in your area. So, so they're moving. Um, you got a little bit of a reprieve, but they're there now. So, you need to think about how, how we're going to manage those going into the fall. So the, the good thing about fall army worms is they don't overwinter here. So we're, we're, we could not even see them next year. Right. 
So they have to come up. From I know the this is the first time probably in my lifetime. I know in my uh, career in agriculture that we've had them this bad uh, and have heard talk to several around that would say the same thing. Uh, so hopefully maybe this is a once in a lifetime kind of phenomenon. I, hope so. <laughs> I never want to go through anything so. like this again. <laughs> yeah. It's funny actually that we're, we're talking about this and I just got a text message from one of my producers and you had mentioned earlier, some of the Sudans and sorghum Sudans. And that's what he said was hit hardest for him was those, those types of grasses. So that's interesting. Well, that's in yeah. there. They come from the South and that's what they're eat, That's what they mm-hmm. typically eat. Down yeah. There. You're, you're used to yep. it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That was the first. Yeah, that's what he said. He said they started there and went to my alfalfa. Yeah. So one more Goodness random gracious. question that I've gotten some, uh, Dr. Toich, what about some of this hay that's been harvested that had army worms in it? Is there anything to be concerned about there as far as uh, feeding those two livestock or as far as the army worms infesting the barn or anything like that? So... So uh, we, we've had this question several times in the last week or so, uh, mostly from cache producers that are producing small squares of alfalfa for the horse hay market. And, uh, and we uh, got together with um, some of our veterinarians on campus and um, our toxicologists, and she could find no reports of toxicity due to army worms um, infesting forage or, or hay. So we think we're safe. Um, is best we can tell. As far as infesting your barn, I, I don't think they're going to do that. I think once the hay's dehydrated, they'll, they'll move on to something that's more of a lush source. So that would be regrowth in your alfalfa field or regrowth in your pasture, uh, most likely. Well, and I just wonder too, that, you know, they kind of go through a heat process too. I wonder how much of that would maybe actually kill them off, you know, that internal heating. I don't know. That's just a I think thought. I think the desiccation, you know, the just the drying of the hay mm-hmm. during the curing process would would probably eliminate most of the problems with army worms. Of course, we don't want our hay to get right. too warm, right? <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so we want to stay in that eighteen percent or below range for for bailing. Um, I know sometimes we don't do that as, as well. <laughs> Is there anything else as far as army worms go, or? or fall seeding or anything to look for going into the fall that you'd like to talk about before we let you go? I'll just mention that, uh, that, that stockpiling for winter grazing is still one of our most inexpensive options for feeding cow calves. And, and one of the biggest benefits of it is it's, it's probably one of our most high quality forage sources for that same time period. In fact, in most years, stockpiled tall fescue will, will exceed any of the hay that we made in terms of forage quality. So it's still a good option. We just need to, to watch it close as we move into uh, move into the fall. And, and right now, we're really sitting pretty good for stockpiling in terms of moisture. A lot of times we'll get to this time of the year and just be bone dry, but we've been in pretty good shape most of the summer. And then with this additional two to four inches of rain that are coming, we should be able to grow some grass. Yeah, this the fall. only thing that's not sitting mm-hmm. good for stockpiling tall fescue are urea prices. <laughs> And the other issue that we've had here at the research station is that we we can't get granular nitrogen right now. Uh, none of our co-ops uh, has uh, held any granular nitrogen over the summer because it's so hard to handle in in the times of high humidity during the summer months. 
So here at the research station, we're actually applying uh, 30% liquid nitrogen to our pastures. And, um, and like you said, the price is high this year compared to other years. Yeah, it's hot. And last year it was low. So maybe if we do it both years, average an average out, out won't go. be too bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was a really good deal last year. That's what we had an ag economist at Virginia Tech that used to say, um, he, he said, you know what an average is? He says, an average is like putting one foot in a bucket of ice cold water and the other one in a bucket of scalding hot water. He says, on average, you're comfortable, but it hurts like hell. <laughs> <laughs> and true. It is true. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on with us today, Dr. Torch. Hey, thanks for having me. I always enjoy doing these programs. This has not been a test. Stay tuned for more updates concerning fall armyworms 2021.